What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients' long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. Hello and welcome to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. Corey, what's going on? New day, new excitement, Eric. What do you think? Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I know that we're going to be having some questions today, and, and I want to make sure the audience knows that the last podcast you titled New Year, New Focus, and you kind of introduced this, um, what you're doing with all your clients, you're asking them one question. And, and what was that one question? Basically, I committed to asking every client, what keeps you up at night? What, what problem is on the forefront of, of your worry list or concern list? Okay. And today we've got 26 questions and it just happens that those 26 questions are from 26 different states. How did that work out? Uh, I did not sleep the last two weeks since we <laughs> uh, recorded the last podcast. <laughs> if anybody's ever listened to me before or knows me, they know I'm, I'm pretty fired up about this mm -hmm. stuff. And so after we recorded the last podcast and kind of rolled out the, the new 2023 year exciting value add, mm -hmm. I came to work the next day and I decided, you know, I'm going to reach out and hit as many client states as I can before we record the next one. So I reached out in the last two weeks and I nailed down 26 conversations. Okay. And that's a great reminder for all the listeners out there. Corey doesn't just work in one state. Doesn't just work in the town that he's in. You are nationwide, my friend. Absolutely. And, and if you are in a state that I'm not currently licensed in, we can get licensed by snapping our fingers and essentially paying a fee. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yep. And then I can have a conversation with anybody and give recommendations or conversations. So. All right. Well, let's get started. I've got these flashcards with the different states that you reached out to, and you have a question or concern, something from each one of those states. So you ready to start? I am. I, I will throw one more thing out there that I did remind these, these clients that it doesn't have to be a finance issue. So, so we're just kind yes. of getting top of mind concerns, questions, you know, so these, some of these are going to be kind of random, but hopefully we have some fun and some educational time here. All right. And, and these cards are in no particular order. I just want to make sure that everybody knows that I've got these in front of me and I'm going to just start going through them. Right on. All right. Minnesota. Uh, the question for Minnesota, do Iowa colleges offer in-state tuition to, to neighboring states? Oh, somebody wants to be a Hawkeye sounds like. There you go. Well, Apparently they don't watch the uh, offensive side of the football. Well, but, ooh, wow! Ouch. Throwing Jeez. daggers on question. There one. goes half your clients. <laughs> yep, that's it. Well, there you go. Uh, super, super short answer. Iowa does not mm. offer in-state tuition to neighboring states. It's a great question. I never would have even thought to ask. So, way to go, Minnesota. There you go. All right, next one, South Dakota. Uh, yeah, this is near and dear to where I live, but the question was, why does rent on apartments keep increasing? 
Uh, and my quick answer to that client was, uh, a lot of this is interest rates, and mm-hmm. it's also supply and demand. So if you live in a, in a city that doesn't have enough apartment buildings, prices go up. If mortgage rates essentially go up or, or double as they have in the last uh, six, seven months, um, it gets more expensive. People can't afford mortgages possibly to buy a house, so they're stuck yeah. in apartments. True. Very true. And just my opinion, but the other alternate answer might be greed. Yeah. Moving yeah. on. Next one, <laughs> Florida. Are there tax benefits I need to research in regards to the damage I had against my home oh. uh, from Hurricane Ian? Oh, great question. Um, it was a great question. And I instantly deferred and said, you got to go talk to your CPA. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not here to just sugarcoat and say that I know everything in the world. But w- when you get to complicated topics, you want to go to someone that has it in their wheelhouse. And so the client certainly appreciated that answer. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully maybe they reach back out to you at some point and say, hey, here's what I found out so we can all learn. Oh, fair. Good point. Yeah. All right. Next state on the list, Illinois uh, or Illinois for those that are <laughs> wanting to pronounce the S. Yeah. And th- this was a client that was really kind of concerned about about the city of Chicago and, and mm-hmm. the state of Illinois as a whole, basically because there's a lot of bad headlines that the, the state's uh, essentially underwater fiscally, and there's a lot of a lot of problems. And, and so my answer to them wasn't necessarily, "Oh my gosh, your municipal bond is going to fail. You're you're doomed." It was more of a, a general answer of, "Hey, you got to be diversified. You don't own just one thing." Uh, generally, what was their question though? Oh, did did I not even? <laughs> no, no, we didn't get to the question yet. Okay, are my municipal bond holdings from Illinois safe? If the state files bankruptcy, oh, that's it. Was the question? Wow, that is a big question. So, so yeah, I got the the cart before the horse there a little bit, but yeah. e- essentially, uh, my point to them was, um, bankruptcy of anything doesn't necessarily wipe out an investment. It can. Um, bondholders are usually safer than equity positions when it comes to bankruptcy. My, my bigger answer though was, well, number one, diversification, but number two, generally. Bonds that are issued by states have the authority to increase taxes in order to pay back the bonds and the bondholders. So you do have some protection, but you know there's there's risk uh, when you invest in in higher yielding bonds of states that are maybe a little more not perfect in their financial situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, next question comes from deep in the heart of Texas. Ah, uh, yes. Question was, as a first-time home buyer, should I take out a 30-year mortgage or some kind of a variable rate loan or, or shorter-term balloon type loan? Mm. Um, it's a great question. You know, I'm not here to try and predict interest rates for the future, but this kind of goes back to the one we talked about earlier. You know, interest rates really have jumped lately. And so yeah. to, to now take out a 30-year mortgage at over seven percent when they were at three or three and a half not that long ago it doesn't really feel right yeah um so then it comes down to more of a personal situation you know how long you're going to live in the house is your job secure uh, things of that nature so i i really didn't give them a perfect answer but it was more of a planning type conversation and, mm-hmm. and, and budgeting and some of those things and to determine how much house you can afford yeah and i, I think that if people in the audience are thinking well that's a great question is it time? It, it The answer really is, it depends, right? I mean, that's you, you've had to say that on this podcast before because everybody's situation is completely different. So it really does depend. 
And, and yeah, you're spot on. And that goes right back to the title of the podcast. What's important now? I mean, yeah. so we got to dial in a lot of things before we can answer things. Yep, absolutely. All right, moving on. North Carolina. My spouse requires more and more assistance around the home each day. Do you know of people that I could hire to provide some in-home care? Hmm. And, and, and this is a great, it's a great question. Um, you know, do I, do I have a, a quick list of in-home providers that are independent contractors in North Carolina? No, but um, I was able to, to give them some names of agencies in their area that they could reach out to. Yeah. And in healthcare, and I think there's maybe some other future questions coming along these lines here too today, but you know, healthcare can be expensive, but the bigger picture is a lot of people want to stay in their homes if they can by, by any way or means possible. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I know that it has been tough just because trying to find skilled workers uh, for a price that is affordable for families is, is not an easy job. And that's kind of ties back into what you do with all your planning. Absolutely. And again, we go back to, it's not how big your pile of money is or your pile of assets, it's cash flow. Yeah. You know, whether you're paying bills or, or, or trying to find new bills to pay such as this. Yep. All right. Arkansas or Arkansas, for those of us that say it right. <laughs> uh, this one says, my daughter will be going to college this coming fall. Is it mandatory for me to file a federal financial aid application or FAFSA, even if I am sure that we will not qualify for financial aid. Hmm. And yeah, the, the tables are kind of tilted on this, that, you know, if you're a two parent household with jobs and income, uh, you're not going to get a free ride from financial aid by any means whatsoever. But uh, yeah. I, I do know that every college trade school, you know, in the country is going to push people to file that application. I, I mean, they want to give everybody a fair shake. Uh, if you file, you do or can qualify for loans, uh, regardless of income. So probably doesn't hurt this is the yeah. short answer to file and you see what happens. And I don't think it's that robust of a, you know, issue, right? I mean, it's not like it's going to take you five hours. Uh, no. And, and I do get that question a lot too. I'm going to piggyback on this is that, you know, what's the process look like? Is it scary? Mm -hmm. Is it horrible? No. I mean, you can essentially do a secure login download your tax return in there and boy i mean 20 minutes goes a long ways in in filing yeah, this the first yeah. time and then if you have kids tail ender kids or, or other children you know it's even faster in the following years fantastic all right next on the card is arizona arizona says uh with higher costs of things i'm really worried about outliving my money mm. and then they kind of had a follow-up i mean that was a statement and then the second one was a question am i overthinking things mm. no yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. You know, I mean, I, I do deal with a lot of people and a lot of people overthink a lot of things, but I'm going back to that one. That is the goal that I always have when I sit down with people, even if I don't verbally share it with them on day one. My ultimate objective for people is that they will not outlive cash flow in their lifetimes that they can use and do the things that they want to do with. Yeah. Well, if your, your Haagen-Dazs budget is, you know, 500 a month, there's a lot you can do to trim that. There if you, you wanted to, but you don't have to, if you've done the planning. Here's a sideline tangent. I was talking to a guy the other day and he, he says, you know, Corey, my, uh, my retirement plan is bacon and donuts. Nice. And I said, well, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to ever really save enough to live the high life. So I might just not worry about my health. He essentially was the point. <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of hard to argue with. I don't know. <laughs> 
as long as you don't combine the two, because I just don't do sweet meat together. That's just, <laughs> no, no, thank you. Syrup can't touch my bacon. Just so everybody knows that. All right. Uh, next state is Oregon. Pacific uh, Northwest. Yeah. Calling in. There you go. Oregon throws at us. Why is nursing home care so expensive? Oh, man. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, that's a common one I get, you know, and then the planning or calculating guy in me brings this out and I almost hate to deliver it, but I do. And I, and I say, you know what, Let, let's back into the math a little. Let's, let's look at 365 days a year of care, 24 hours a day. Yeah. You know what that breaks down to per hour? About 11 bucks. Mm. You know, I, so absolutely it's expensive. I understand people's uh, feelings and pain on this, but you know, if you, if you kind of frame it that way, that somebody is looking out for your loved one, essentially nonstop, it's going to have a cost. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. No, that makes sense. All right. North Dakota. Yeah. This is in the deep end of the, uh, the pool. And the question was, can my grandmother transfer her mineral mineral rights to the next generation? Well, so essentially <laughs> what this essentially is, is, you know, if you own land, there can be rights to what's under that land, whether yeah. it's oil or I suppose gold or any of this. And and so I instantly took the high road and deferred this to the CPA as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, I get, but, I, but that's, what's exciting about my job. You know, when you pose these type of questions to people, you get surprised sometimes by questions that you would have certainly not had on the top of your brain. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my answer would be, I can't see why not, but again, I don't know. <laughs> so that's yeah. you and I are aligned in this. So again, CPA, whoever gets that question, let us know because now I want to know. Well, Our, yeah. And I'll even throw that out to the listeners. If anybody comes up with a, a really, really good question or a question that really gets them to the thinking point where they need an answer, boy, we want to hear it. You know, we'll throw them back at you and have another episode to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee throws me this one <laughs> in air quotes. They said, hypothetically, if I was going to get divorced later this year, are there financial steps I should take today? Oh, boy. Oh, no. Whoa. And, oh, and that was a serious question. That was a serious question, too. Yeah. Um, as, a, as a fiduciary, I reminded them that, uh, that that person and their spouse were both clients of mine. And so I was certainly not going to pick teams or try and do anything unusual or beneath the, the darkness of night. You know, so. Yeah. Um, off the record are the things a person could do, I suppose, but are they ethically right? Yeah, I don't know about that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the uh, answer is get counseling. Good point. Financially yeah. pay for some counseling. Good point. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't just – I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I mean, I mean, don't just take the easy way out and call it quits. You know, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe there's solutions, you know. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Good luck, Tennessee. Michigan. Yeah. For some reason, I just had a Casey Kasem flashback in my mind, like first time caller or whatever he used to say. On that. <laughs> That's right. We're going to take our next call from Michigan. Welcome oh, to the show, God. Michigan. Okay. So Michigan says, uh, what is the look back period if I would transfer my home or other assets to my children in order to protect mm -hmm. them from, again, here we go, a nursing home costs? Great question. Great question. Um, I did not know the exact Michigan look back period. Iowa, it's a five-year look yeah. back. Uh, so that's one that I did tell the client I was going to research and get back to them. And we would also circle in their attorney in the event they were going to do some of that stuff. You have to deed your your assets or your home to, you know, by way of a legal process mm -hmm. through an attorney. 
Well, I, I, now see, I learned something new. I didn't know it was state by state, but I do know that um, folks I've talked spoken with in Nebraska, it's five years. Uh, my, my family had to go through something like that in Minnesota. It's five years. Uh, so that seems to be a theme, a five-year look back. Um, but Yeah. And, and I would mention too, that some states uh, will pursue this much more aggressively in, in looking backwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, even if it's a five-year look back, some states are more aggressive at digging into this stuff than others. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Virginia is next on your list. Uh, Virginia throws out, my parents have a second home in Florida. Should they become full-time residents there? And if so, how do they do that? Hmm. Um, first of all, I guess I would say Florida is a state that, that does not have state income taxes. So that could be, yeah. you know, if you're going to make the old, uh, is it a T chart where you have pros and cons on, on the side of the line or something? I mean, um, no income tax states, you know, can have perks, you know, but I guess I would say that it needs to be a personal decision. You need to weigh the pros and cons of everything. And I think there's nine states in our country that do not have state income taxes, you know, so you don't have to just flood to Florida Mm -hmm. to, uh, to avoid that. But uh, yeah, kind of interesting thought. I mean, if so, the answer is uh, you actually go live there or you make a conscientious effort to spend some money down there and become a voter and, and be a good citizen and, and do things down there. Yeah. And I don't know what the States determine full-time living, but I know that there are certain States that are fiercely aggressive with keeping you as a resident of their state. And I'm, I'm talking to you in New York. Um, <laughs> New York is vicious when it comes to folks wanting to split their time and then say, well, I'm a resident of Florida um, so you've got to really be careful. So that is a great question. It, it, it's like anything in life. Don't try to skirt the system. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to call yourself a resident of a certain state, then by all means, be a resident, be productive, do good things there and live there and pay your bills and vote. Yeah. Yeah. And live there at least more than half of the year. Correct. All right. Uh, oh, look at this. Next card says Nebraska. It wasn't me, by the way. I'm not the one that asked this. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that, man. We've done so many shows. We think alike. There you go. <laughs> If I live in Nebraska, but I work in Iowa, why do they withhold Iowa state taxes from my paychecks? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. People, sometimes people don't even think about that. You know, if you live near a border in a city, uh, let's say Omaha, Nebraska, or Sioux Falls, South Dakota, you know, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump to go work across the state line. And, and I know a lot of people do that. And a lot of states require you to pay taxes where you earn the paycheck. So... That's yeah. the difficulty there. There are some states, though, that are re- reciprocal tax states, I believe they call it, which means uh, you can avoid that. But I don't know if Nebraska is one of those. That's another one I was going to work with the CPA to to make sure everybody was in the, in the same way and, and yeah. paying the, the right taxes they should pay. Absolutely. All right. Wyoming. Wyoming throws out that I just received a notice that I'm being audited by the IRS. Should I be worried? Question oh. mark. Ouch. I would be crickets. Yeah. I mean, um, that's what I said too. I said, you know, it's even, even if you didn't do anything wrong in your tax return, it's going to be a process mm-hmm. that you're going to put time and effort into, or your CPA will put time and effort to into, and they might bill you. Um, you know, if, if you did what was right, you shouldn't have to worry about it, but it will still take time and efforts. So yeah. Yeah. Keep, uh, I think the point of that is, you know, keep good records too. So mm-hmm. if you have to defend your position, you, you certainly can. Yeah. And and here's the other thing is that there are 
there are good people working at the IRS. I know that the IRS gets a bad rap because it's, you know, the IRS and it's connected to uncle Sam, who's just greedy and grubby and all that jazz, but there are good people working at the IRS. You know, my wife and I had to, to deal with a representative from the IRS about eight, nine years ago. Wonderful gentleman, wonderful guy. And uh, we spoke, you know, a few times the first month, a few times the second month and really got ourselves straightened out. And he was just a peach. He was super nice to work with. So uh, we had no issues. Well, and if you go down that line, let's say we're all driving down the roads and we're hitting pothole after pothole and we're getting crabby. You know what? You got to pay taxes Mm -hmm. if you want things in life that are convenient and help you have a better day. (laughs) So, I mean, you're right. These people are doing their job. They're not out to get you. They're just doing their job. Yep. All right. Oh, hey, look at you. Iowa. Iowa is in the game. Yeah, Iowa, the question was, and this is a big deal, but how do the current state tax changes affect my IPERS pension plan payments? So IPERS is the Iowa Public Employees Retirement System. Um, The governor of Iowa pushed through a, a rather large sweeping cut in taxes for Iowa residents. And, and so they're, they're going to a flat tax rate, which is going to be one of the cheapest in the country. The big deal, though, is that they are making it so that retirement income does not get taxed. So if you get a pension, if you're drawn from your 401k plan, if you have a traditional IRA, any of these things, there's even stipulations for land rent. If you own farmland for 10 years and then you're renting it out, a lot of this money is not going to get taxed. It's really a huge deal to try and keep people retiring in the state rather than moving away to, to like a Florida or a South Dakota, mm-hmm. you know, like we, we talked about earlier. Hmm. All right. Uh, next on the list is one of my favorite states. This is in the top three favorite states, South Carolina. Love it. Do you need to fill that in on, on, on why you like that state? Or, or Oh, I mean, well, I mean, Charleston area, <laughs> beaches. Oh, yeah, uh, super good. I mean, I, seafood, uh, you know, there's so many opportunities out there, and I, I wish we could move, but I'm stuck. <laughs> there That's a story for another day. Uh, South Carolina throws out, I am worried about the future of our country. There's so much government debt, and young people don't like to work like we did. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there a question in that? The, no, there really wasn't. <laughs> now that you say that. Yeah, they were wound up. All right, South Carolina, we get it. We understand. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And, and the person, if they're listening to this, they're they're going to know who they are. I mean, they were wound up on their soapbox, and we had a good conversation. But yeah, there never really was a question from South Carolina. So, well, I think that if you polled most people, most of us would say, "I am worried about a little bit about the future of our country because it's just right now it doesn't look that great." Yeah, right? but so. you know, we could go back, and and there were. I, I can visualize them. I don't have it right in my hands, but I can visualize there was Time Magazine covers from the 80s that said impending government debt will doom us before 1990. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so this yeah, this headline's yeah. been everywhere. If the if the size of the economy keeps growing faster than the debt, I know it's not a perfect situation, but it 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 keeps the boat afloat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what's the next card here. Uh, Nevada. You've got Nevada on the list. Nevada, uh, by the way, that's one of the states that does not have state income tax also. But anyway, their question, can I deduct my gambling losses if I have them documented properly? (laughs) Number one, gambling losses are not ideal. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah. uh, Technically, and again, I'm not not coming across as a licensed CPA, but yes, you can deduct gambling losses only to the extent of offsetting gains. So if you you won – some gambling income, you can offset that 
if you have losses to offset it, but you can't just take losses off of your uh, adjusted gross income. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, I never thought about it being able to offset gains from gambling, but I guess if you, there are professional gamblers out there. So I guess, you know, they have to do taxes too. Huh. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to say gambling never pays. Isn't that an old, old <laughs> statement? But I mean, I think it's like crime anything. never pays, man. <laughs> like, I, yeah, it, it, it should be entertainment if you, if that's your sort of thing, but uh, yes. probably not a good income producing strategy. Got it. Yep. All right. Our Southern friend, Kansas. Yeah. Rock chalk Jayhawk, as they say, that always annoys me because I'm not a Kansas <laughs> fan, but <laughs> um, my coworker says that everyone should invest in Bitcoin because it's the currency of the future. Have I missed out? So we're pet rocks in the seventies. Yeah. It, Sorry. <laughs> my, my answer to this one was, have you missed out on losing two thirds of your money in the last two years? Yes. No, but I mean, we've joked about that. I mean, yeah. it, it's hard to back something that's super speculative and not really backed by uh, the full credit of anything, you know, so I don't know. So let's roll back to the previous question. Can I deduct my gambling losses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Documented them properly. <laughs> oh my gosh. There you go. There you I, go. It's, they're very much in the same boat. Maybe not even rowing the same direction, but they seem to be in the same boat to me. Now that's my opinion. Only my Agreed. Opinion. I, th I think we've said this too. People say, oh, you know, cryptocurrencies are a hedge. Hedge against what? I mean, they move the same direction as the overall market of, of stocks. So, I mean, they're not a hedge. If it's extra money, enjoy yourself. There you go. But exactly. it, it needs to be entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's see. Montana. Is that big sky country? There you go. Montana okay. throws out, uh, my employer says that I'm old enough to now make catch-up contributions to my 401k plan. Oh, yeah. And, and they didn't know what that meant. And, and so I explained that, um, not like Heinz catch-up, catch, C-A-T-H, C-A-T-C-H. <laughs> Jeez, I'm a mess. Um, basically, once a person gets to the age of 50, they have higher contribution limits on their retirement savings. So if you have an IRA, uh, there's limits on how much you can put into it. If you have a 401k at work, there's so much, how much limits on how much you can put in there out of your paycheck. But once you get to age 50, they let you play catch up essentially by you have the ability to set aside more and save on taxes. I'm just going to say this out loud because I know there's somebody in the audience, just like my father, just like my father, you're listening to this and saying, and you're writing yourself a note, Go to Costco this weekend, buy some ketchup, <laughs> and take it to HR, and and that's the joke. Here, I've I brought this because I can I can now participate in ketchup contributions uh, to my four hundred one k, and and then they'll get a good laugh out of it and be the office hero for <laughs> at least two days. There you go, and and I'll I'll tie into that too. And if if anyone would like to reach out to my office to get Eric's home address for Amazon <laughs> or any other kind of online shopping shipment delivery. We can flood his house and neighborhood with bottles. There. Bottles of ketchup. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> Anytime. Oh, all right. Uh, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, this is a good question. Uh, can you explain what a qualified charitable distribution is and if that would help my tax situation? So what it is, is a distribution from your retirement account or from an IRA, individual mm -hmm. retirement account, that goes directly to a charity and this is done by people that are over the age of 70 and a half to refresh people's memory. If you have a retirement account, you get to age, it used to be 70 and a half. Now it's 72 or older. You have to take money out of your retirement accounts every year to pay taxes to uncle Sam year after year. Let's see RMD, right? Required minimum distribution as you're, RMD, you're talking about. 
Yep. Required minimum distribution. Yep. You can satisfy those rules with the IRS by withdrawing money from your retirement account, but sending it to a charity instead. So that becomes a qualified charitable distribution or withdrawal. And what it means is you don't get to touch that money, but it went to a charity and nobody pays taxes on that because the charity is going to use it hopefully for a good cause. So it, it's kind of a cool thing. If you don't need money out of your retirement account, you can avoid taxes by gifting. Okay. I love that. We love gifting. All right. Next card, Utah. Utah throws out and says, that Eric is fun to listen to. Can we learn more about him and his background? Oh, you're lying. They didn't say that. Really? They did. They did. And then I said, hey, I'll throw it out there, but no guarantees, no promises. We're not here to pry into Eric's personal life. <laughs> uh, oh, what to, what to tell. Uh, this, is a, this is a G-rated podcast. Um, so... G, G stands for great. For great. Yeah, see, you and I just think alike. We both <laughs> said it at the same time. That's crazy. We didn't even plan that. Um, yeah, well, Utah, what do you want to know? Corey, what do you want to know? I mean, we, we've, we've talked a lot. You know a lot about me, but what don't you know? Um, I know you're from the state of Nebraska, so I have to ask. I mean, are you a diehard Cornhusker fan? Well, there you go. I'm going to clear that up right now. I am not from the state of Nebraska. I live in the state of Nebraska currently. I'm from Washington State. Yeah, I grew up in Washington in the Pacific Northwest. Loved it. Oh, there you go. A little south of Seattle in a town called Puyallup. And for those that know Washington and know that town, you know that I'm from there because I said it right. It's spelled P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-P, which most people say Puyallup. So it's Puyallup. And uh, it was a wonderful place to live. I, I miss it dearly. I miss hills, trees, like trees that are taller than you know a house. Um, Nebraska has a lot of great things. But no, I'm from Washington, man. There you go. Which Which ties into why you like the Seattle... Seahawks. Seahawks. That's there right. I'm connecting the dots. There we go. Yeah. Does it rain a lot out there? It does. And I love the rain. <laughs> That's so, the you know, here's perception. the thing. Nebraska and Iowa, Indiana, and, and these, these Midwest states, the one thing that they have that we did not have in Washington is thunder and lightning. We barely got thunder out there. You know, and you'd see some lightning flashes, but it's just basically just rain coming out off the ocean, you know, and it's just just raining but here we get those booming storms and i love thunder man i love it <laughs> right on yeah I well, you. thank you utah that was, that's kind of nice yeah good stat all right back to you this is not about me kentucky kentucky says what are the best ways to save for college for my grandkids so that was a solid question yeah too. great question um you you can just gift them money tell them to use it for the right way but that's maybe not my first go-to you can set up a college what they call section 529 plan that's probably in my opinion the first great idea that mm -hmm. you know that may or may not depending on what state you live in give you some tax benefits for people that live in other states other than kentucky uh, but the money does grow tax-free if they use it for education or educational supplies throughout their elementary or high school days or college so those are pretty cool things yeah love it and you've covered that a lot in the podcast before so people can go back and check out those shows uh, that you, you spoke a little bit about that kind of planning. It's fantastic. All right. Next card here on the list is Idaho, our potato friends. Yes. Idaho throws out, my husband inherited an IRA from his mother. Do we have to pay taxes on that? Mm. Maybe. <laughs> That's my good answer. <laughs> if, if it's a traditional or a pre-tax type yeah. retirement account, yes. If it's a Roth IRA, no taxes, but there are restrictions on how long you can have it open. You got to still deplete it and take some withdrawals. There's a lot going on there. Um, super short answer is everybody should 
should monitor their own situation and we don't paint a house with the same brush for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good answer. All right. Colorado. Colorado says, I want to start gifting money to our kids and grandkids, but my husband says no one helped us in life, so we're not going to help them. <laughs> oh. Again, that was a statement, oh, <laughs> right? Uh, second part was, do you have any ideas on how I can sway or persuade him or his opinion? You know, and so this is a, this is a deeper pool. I mean, and I see this all the time. We talked about this last time, actually, how you, if you gave cards to people sitting in front of you and had them put them in order. Yeah. Of, priorities on these or pictures on these cards you know you'd get different answers of what's important to one and maybe not to the other and again communication is what it comes down to but uh boy you know personally i'm in the camp of if you can if you can help somebody maybe younger in life maybe that's a more important and meaningful gift that you can see how they how they handle it versus if you pass away with a pile of money and then they just get it dumped in their lap when they're mm -hmm. 60 or 70 years old and here's the thing is that there are so many different ways to help, right? You, you just not giving them cash or paying for all their school or you know, buying them a car. There are a ton of different ways that you can help them. And so my, my thought to Colorado is unless you want to end up like Tennessee, right? Rethink giving to your grandkids. Cause it'll make your, yep. your happy wife, happy life. Is that what we say? Yeah. Okay. It, it, this is a great kind of a tie. in I, I heard from a gentleman once and he was from Florida, but he told me that he gave away a lot of his, his wealth to his kids, you know, essentially when they got out of college, you know, kind mm -hmm. of set them up with, Hey, setting you up with a house, setting you up with a decent car. I've filled your toolbox with tools. Now I'm done. And I want to see what you build with this. Yeah. So don't come back to me and ask you, I'm not, now that's an extreme example, but I, I kind of get, and I kind of like the, the philosophy of it to a certain extent. Yeah, me too. Yeah, no, that's, I think it's fantastic. All right. Uh, we're, we're already to number 26. Can you believe that? There you go. Okay. Last one. Wisconsin. Cheese. Yeah, that, Love cheese. Th this is this is gonna take like an hour to answer. No, I mean <laughs> but it could. Uh the question is, well, the first statement is I just started my first job and they were excited. And then they said, How much money will I need to save for retirement? <laughs> I, I said, Well, it's about forty five years from now, you know. How are you gonna spend? How you wanna live, you know. So many variables, but the oh, real yeah. key takeaway was start now. Start mm -hmm. saving now. Save as much as you can. Be smart with it, and and things and life will turn out great. Yes, I, there are so many quotes about compound interest out there. Uh, I believe uh, Warren Buffett uh, has one of the one of the best quotes. It's I can't remember what it is, but it's about compound interest. It's something about it being magic, or you know. Yeah, and, and this is a, a line that I use whenever I'm at a group retirement plan you know, enrollment meeting, there's a whole bunch of people in the room. I'll say, you know, I've done this a long time and nobody's ever come back and said, geez, Corey, you really screwed me up because I saved too much. <laughs> or or yeah. I enrolled so early that now I have way too much money. I can't believe you did it. You know, I mean, yeah, how dare you, sir? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, here's the thing is that 26 means that uh, if, if my math is right, uh, there's 24 that are missing and possibly Puerto Rico later on. There you go. Right. So let's hear from the other states whenever we can. Corey, I thought this was fantastic. There's there's a lot of great questions. Obviously, I'm throwing the gauntlet down uh, to the listener. No matter what state you're in, he's still taking questions. Absolutely. They can email, email them. To, where can they email them to you? Yeah. Email's great. Do it on your own time. Shoot it to us. We'll get you an answer. It is Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at HymansonWealth.com.
Yeah. And I, I just want to clarify that's for any listener. That's not just for, for Corey's clients. He's, he's more than willing to answer anybody's questions. So email those in. And then if you are a client, be prepared. This is that new year that he was talking about with that new initiative. He's going to be talking to you. Um, let him know what's, what's going on. What's the biggest concern? Uh, what, what can Corey help you with? This is fantastic. Corey, thank you again so much. Absolutely. Thank you. You bet. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Corey comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Hymanson Wealth Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Win Podcast. What's important now? The show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.